Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job gives us the tools we need to break the cycle of pride. Some people that I'm speaking to today, you are already caught in a cycle of pride. And it'll pull you further and further into it unless there's a major breaking and a major humbling of yourself before God that admits, God, I am in a cycle of pride. I repent it and I break out of it. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Now, today's message is for everyone. It's about a topic that we all deal with regularly, even when we don't realize it. Mark is the subject of pride, and you point out that pride is an obstacle that prevents intimacy with God, isn't it? Yeah, Wayne. And here's the thing about pride. It's so subtle. It's one of those sins that can camouflage itself. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people give us accolades and encouragement and only feeds that. But it is one of the most devastating sins. It's what caused Lucifer to fall from heaven from his angelic being into the state that we now call the devil. It's also what caused Nebuchadnezzar in this passage to spiral into a state of insanity. And you know, Wayne, ultimately, I believe that pride, when it comes to God, leads us to spiritual insanity. You're going to see it in this passage. The passage is Daniel chapter 4. If you can, turn in your Bible there and join us as Mark talks about breaking the cycle of pride. Every person in this auditorium has struggled with pride. Every single one. And if you say, Pastor, I never have, you're the most prideful of us all. So we know immediately that you struggled with pride. We all struggle with pride in one way or another. I think of my own life and I've struggled. God has had to humble me in different times and seasons of my life. And we struggle in big and small ways. I remember when I first got married to my beautiful bride many years ago. We were in our first year of marriage, and my wife actually happened to sprain her ankle. And I was into fitness at the time, get working out and so forth. And so we lived on a second-floor apartment, and so she came back from the hospital with crutches, hobbling on her crutches. And at the bottom of the stairs, she said, well, I'm going to have to, can you help me up just with one crutch at a time? I said, no, no, honey, I'm going to carry you. She said, oh, no, you can't carry me. I said, I've been working out. I'm pretty strong. I think I can do it. Don't worry. No problem. She said, all right. I went to this. So I I squatted down. I said, just get on my back. So she got on my back. She put the crutches down. And I went, "Mm." I said, okay, now get off. Um, (laughs) And that was about the end of it. I had to help her up. You know, I had to deal with my pride. I told her I haven't been working my legs out that much. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to pump it up a little bit. But how many of you know there are a lot of ways of humbling us? We've all experienced those times where our pride gets in the way and we have to be humble. I don't know where your pride shows up, but it raises its nasty, ugly head at times when we're driving. Someone, you're waiting in that long line to get off the exit and someone comes, doesn't wait in line and tries to butt in. And you inch as close as you can to the other car, like, not in this line, not here, Uh uh-uh. Maybe it shows up in your marriage. 
Well, you can't even remember what you were mad about three days ago, but you're still waiting for your spouse to apologize to you, and you're waiting for them to take the initiative. Maybe it shows up in your job, the competition that goes in at your job, and who sits where, and who has what office, or who has what title or what position. Maybe it shows up with your in-laws or extended family, but we all have those moments where our pride just flares up and we have to deal with it. Daniel chapter 4 is all about breaking the cycle of pride. Uh, The alternative title I had for this message is Bend or Break. Bend or Break. I'm convinced that the cycle of pride is set in motion when we start believing that you control your destiny and ultimately that you deserve that which really belongs to God. We get delusional about who really rules the world and who should get the credit. And I think that some people that I'm speaking to today, you are already caught in a cycle of pride. You're already in its grip. You're already living in a prideful cycle. You find yourself stuck in that cycle and it'll pull you further and further into it unless there's a major breaking and a major humbling of yourself before God that admits, God, I am in a cycle of pride. I repent it and I break out of it. I'm going to summarize a little bit the story of Daniel 4 because you're going to find in this chapter some insights into the cycle of pride and how to break out of it. If you remember, in Daniel chapter 1, we were introduced to an egocentric king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who had a dream that was interpreted by Daniel, the young prophet that was exiled out of Judea. Now in chapter 4... Nebuchadnezzar has a second dream. This dream bothers him, upsets him. It's one of those dreams that he wakes up and he vividly remembers this dream. I don't know about you, but there are some times like I really remember the dream, and there are some times I have no idea what I dreamed that night. How many of you remember your dream from last night? Anybody? How many of you have no idea? Yeah. But we all have those seasons where the dream is so real to us that it feels like, hey, you you wake up and if you were floating in the dream, you feel like, hey, I was flying. Or if you're falling off a building, your stomach goes up and you feel the feeling of falling off. Or if someone was chasing you and you were trying to holler and you didn't have a voice, you remember, you wake up and you realize, hey, the dream was really, really real. Nebuchadnezzar woke up with one of those sensations that I've just had a powerful dream and I believe there's a message in this dream and I need someone to interpret it. So he called together all of his counselors, his spiritual advisors to see if they could interpret the dream that he had just had. And none of them could until Daniel walked in. Daniel came in, and he heard the king's dream, and basically the king had had a dream about a tree, and this tree grew big and 
flourished and had leaves and fruit and animals came under the tree and fruit fell off the tree and then there was a judgment pronounced about the tree and the limbs of the tree were cut off and it was chopped down to the stump and the animals scattered and the fruit scattered and there was a pronouncement that you will be in this state for seven seasons and a chain was put around the stump and he woke up remembering that dream. And Daniel came to the great Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he said to him, I wish this dream were for your enemies because God is warning you in this dream that unless you humble yourself and repent and acknowledge that heaven rules, that God is going to break you. He's going to take everything away from you in a moment. Everything will be scattered. And he's going to humble you for seven years. And at the end of those seven years, if you acknowledge that heaven rules, then God will restore everything he's taken from you. I pick up with my first point in understanding the cycle of pride and how to break it. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. The pride cycle is set in motion when we think we deserve that which ultimately belongs to God. Notice what it says in verse 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of his royal palace in Babylon, he said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built as my royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? He had had the dream 12 months earlier. He had been warned by God, don't be proud or you will be broken. Sometimes when we're warned... We take the warning seriously, but after a while, we start taking it more lightly. How about it? You go to the doctor and he says, your cholesterol's high. Your heart is not very good. You really need to exercise, lose some weight, and start eating better. You go home and you're really serious about it. I got to avoid a heart attack. And so you clean out your pantry and you get rid of all your Doritos and all your pies and all your ice cream. And you're really serious about it for two weeks. And then you start slipping and you start eating a little bit. Nothing happens. You're feeling good. So you just let it slide a little bit more. And six months into it, you're back to your same eating habits. And you say to yourself, well, I'm feeling okay, nothing's wrong with me, and so you start discarding the warning sign because it feels like everything is going okay. Let me tell you, when we're in a cycle of pride, God always warns us before judgment. But never mistake God's leniency and grace for forgetfulness or as though he won't follow through on his judgment. I believe that God warns us in advance, and he could warn us through Scripture, through a message that you hear, through a friend that talks to you, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he warns you about your pride. He warns you, hey, you need to 
break the cycle. You need to humble yourself before God or he's going to have to break you. And God will give us warning signs in advance. But if we don't listen to those warning signs, if we continue to harden our heart, listen to me well, a day will come where God will severely knock you down until you're willing to humble yourself before his mighty hand. He gives us mercy. He gives us a second and third and fourth chance. But don't mistake his grace for forgetfulness. Don't mistake God's mercy as though he's never going to follow through. This is the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps, and we're hitting pause on today's message just to give a quick reminder to you that you can always find these Bible teachings and catch up on anything you've missed by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Or if you'd like to listen while you're out for a walk or on the road at another hour, be sure to subscribe to our Bold Steps podcast and listen straight from your phone or smart device. Open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a comment that might encourage someone else to listen. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to check out our new 60-second program called The Bold Steps Minute, where we share a quick and meaningful portion from Pastor Mark's insightful teaching. This unique one-minute program is a convenient way to weave in some additional biblical teaching to your busy day. Check it out online by visiting boldstepsminute.org. Now, back to our message titled Breaking the Cycle of Pride. Here again is Mark Job. Nebuchadnezzar had heard the warning in a dream from God 12 months earlier. But he had decided to ne- neglect the dream. He'd forgotten about it. He'd grown careless about his heart before God. And it says that he was walking on the roof of his palace in Babylon. You know, It's a dangerous thing to walk on roofs. I think of King David was out on his roof looking over his kingdom, saw Bathsheba, and he fell into adultery with her, and it cost him a lot. Nebuchadnezzar is on the roof of his palace observing all of that his hand has made. You see, the thing about high places is it gives you the vantage point. Or if you've ever been up to the John Hancock and gone to the 75th or above, you look down from the windows to the city of Chicago, and it feels like this mighty kingdom, doesn't it? Skyscrapers and power and steel and metal. It feels like nothing could shake it. King Nebuchadnezzar got on the highest place, and he started to look over all that he had done. By the way... There are some pillars in the British Museum. There are six columns of writings recovered from Babylon which describe the huge building projects of Nebuchadnezzar and the zeal to enlarge and beautify the city. If you go to this museum in England, you'll find that Nebuchadnezzar's name is actually inscribed on these pillars, and it talks about how much work he did to make Babylon a great city. So he was into building his empire, building the city, making it the greatest city in the world. And as he looked out over his city, what was in his heart spilled out into his mouth. Here's the thing. 
The Bible says that whatever our heart is full of, eventually our mouth will speak. You may be able to clench your words, edit yourself, but sometime down the future, at the right moment, your heart is going to spill out and it's going to come in your words and it's going to overflow from your heart to your mouth and everybody around you is going to be able to see what you're really thinking in your heart. King Nebuchadnezzar was proud. He said as he walked on the roof of his house, hey, this is by my power, this is my mighty power that's achieved it and it's for the glory of my majesty. Now you say, well, pastor, how do I know if I'm proud? Because, you know, pride can camouflage itself. You can be a proud person and you camouflage it as spirituality, but really inside it's pride. You can be a proud person and camouflage it in hard work, but really inside it's pride. It's one of those things that when we have it, we don't recognize it. When other people have it, we see it right away. So here are some symptoms that may indicate you're proud. If you are unwilling to take advice, it could indicate pride. If you're not willing to apologize, it always has to be the other person. It could indicate pride. If you're self-centered in your view of life, that everything kind of revolves around you and what you want, your time, your schedule, your desires. If you don't recognize your mistakes, but are easily offended by other people's mistakes, when you always think that your way is the best, it could be an indication of pride. When you look down on other people often, criticize them, belittle them, judge their motives. When you always want to be the center of attention, it could indicate pride. When it's hard for you to follow leadership, could be an indication of pride. When you don't like to give credit to others. When you like the glory for yourself. And listen, here's a big one for believers. When you find it difficult to truly worship and praise God, it could be an indication of pride. You see, worship requires that you humble yourself before a being that's greater than you. Worship requires a little bit of your dignity to be lost. People, when they worshiped in the Old Testament, would throw themselves on the ground prostrate before God or kneel or raise their hands. Do you remember when David worshiped God before the ark? His wife, who was raised in royalty, looked at him and he said, Oh, you've embarrassed yourself by how you worship. And David said, Woman, you haven't seen anything yet. I will become even more undignified than this in my worship because I'm not worshiping for other people to see me. I'm worshiping for the King of kings and Lord of lords. So I don't know how your struggle with pride is today, 
But here's what I do know, that all of us struggle with pride to one degree or another. C.S. Lewis said about pride, it's a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense in our life. I'm talking about pride. You know, I look down my own journey and I realize that there's times in my life where God has had to humble me. When I would not humble myself, God has had to bring humility upon me. And I th- one of the instances that comes clearly to my mind was when I first started pastoring the church. I was 21 years old. And here's the thing about youth. There's a lot of zeal, but if you're not careful, youth can become proud as well. When you're young, you think you know more than what you do. You think you can do more than what you can do. Anybody with a teenager in this house knows it. And I was 21 years old, started to pastor, and uh, there were so many needs around the neighborhood and where, where we were at, and I was talking to people who were having marriage trouble and counseling young men who were trying to get out of the gangs and people that were struggling in one way or another, and I started to think people really need me, and I can fix them. They would say, Pastor, I need, you. I need to talk to you. Well, there's someone else. No, I need to talk to you, or I need to pray with you, not anybody else. I need to pray with you, and I started to think, yeah, they really need me. And kind of had the attitude, God, I'm I'm sure you're happy I'm on your team, right, God? And you know, there's subtle spiritual pride that can set in. Subtle pride can set into our heart when we think that we can do more than what we can, that we're bigger than what we are, that we have more ability than what we have. And God has to humble us. And I was in that mode of feeling like I have to fix people, save people, heal people, change people. They really need me. God, I'm your vessel. And six months into the ministry, I remember waking up feeling very, very sick. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't eat. I had high fever. It wouldn't go away. It lasted for a long time. I got up to preach to those 20 people that were in the congregation. I am almost passed out. And I realized I felt very, very weak, went to the doctor, and the doctor basically told me, listen, young man, you are on the verge of, of, of burnout here. Your, fit, your body's exhausted. You need to rest. And it could be very dangerous if you don't rest. And I remember laying on that couch saying, God, why did you allow me to go through this? People need me. And God sharply through his word and the Holy Spirit rebuking me. And the Lord showed me that I had been acting like a little Messiah. That I thought I could fix people, change people, heal people, save people. And he reminded me, you're trying to do my work without my power. I'm the savior, the healer, the changer. I'm the mighty God that does this. You can do nothing without me. It's my work, my power, my strength, my glory. You're listening to Mark Job here on Bold Steps and the first half of a message titled Breaking the Cycle of Pride. Make plans to join us again tomorrow for the conclusion of this important lesson. And before we end today, we want to let you know about a special Bold Step gift we're offering on our website, boldstepsradio.org. If you're wanting to know more about God's kingdom, this is a resource you won't want to pass up on. Mark? Politics are important. It's true. 
The world is full of competing agendas, and if we don't pay attention to what's going on around us, we can end up somewhere we don't want to be. But here's what you have to remember about the worldly agendas that get us so worked up. Each one, good or bad, pales in comparison to the kingdom agenda of God. That's why our Bold Step gift is such a timely resource. Between the pages of the book, The Kingdom Agenda, you'll discover a greater purpose for your life through God's kingdom plan. Dr. Tony Evans helps you learn how to deepen your understanding of God while changing the way you think about politics, our culture, and philosophy. Stop obsessing over what you see in the local papers. Fix your eyes on the pages of scripture and keep your focus on the bigger picture. There's important work to be done, and God wants you to be a part of it. Just ask for the book, The Kingdom Agenda, when you give a donation of any amount to Bold Steps. You can easily make that donation online by going to boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. And if you'd rather send your donation and request for the Kingdom Agenda through the mail, be sure to write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One other resource we'd like you to have is our Bold Stepper Weekly. This weekly devotional from Mark is sent out every Monday morning to our subscribers, offering ministry updates and personal insights from Mark. It's an encouraging and edifying resource to help start your week with a Kingdom perspective and you can easily get on the list for this free devotional by going online to boldstepsradio.org and signing up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. And that officially brings us to the end of our program. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back for part two of today's lesson, Breaking the Cycle of Pride, coming up Thursday here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.